Hey everyone, and welcome to the Hometown Fresh podcast, the show that talks all things grocery, customer service, career development, and more. I'm Gracie, social media coordinator for Harps Food Stores, and I'm so excited for not only this episode, but for the launch of our new podcast. If you're tuning in, we're glad you're here. Feel free to send any future questions or comments to the email linked in the description below. Today, I'm going to be talking with our Vice President of Produce Operations, Mike Roberts. We're going to be kicking off the new year with a discussion of biodynamic farming and how it's changing the agriculture industry, as well as some brands that Harps is working with to create a more sustainable way of bringing food from local farmers to your table. How are you today, Mike? I'm great, Gracie. Glad to be here on the, the inaugural uh, blog today. It's very, very exciting stuff, and I'm very, very excited to talk about produce today. Okay, awesome. Um, so... I want to go ahead and start by just identifying what biodynamic farming is. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, biodynamic farming is, it, it's really, to me, it's about, it's about managing the environment and the soil instead of managing crops, so to speak. So really you're working with Mother Nature um, than you are uh, working against her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what it means to me. Um, so, And I do have a... Uh, definition that I printed out if you mm-hmm. if you wanted to read it. But. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's a, like, the, I believe this is it right here. Biodynamic farming and gardening is a way for land cultivators to develop a symbiotic relationship with their soil. Biodynamic practices take the life force and natural elements of the land into consideration when cultivating crops, establishing a more biologically harmonious environment environment and more efficient farm management the idea is to leave the land better than you found it yeah. uh, and so like yes yeah, i mean it, that's a that's a it's a great definition i think it's just uh, working with mother nature instead of working uh, against her yeah cool i know we discussed this a little bit earlier but how would you compare biodynamic farming like as opposed to organic farming is it the same thing or is there ma- any major differences that you could identify I, you know i mean it, you know with, I, I've been in the produce industry for 37 years, I think, something like that now, so or, uh, 30, 35 years. I've seen a lot of different ways of farming, and so the organic thing is really a craze, took off 20 years ago, it just keeps getting more and more traction. Uh, once again, though, you know, biodynamic farming, by its, by its own definition, is more working with Mother Nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, organic farming is just really uh, not using pesticides. So, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a good way of farming. You know, and it, and it feeds people, and it's and it's healthy. It's a little healthier than, than conventional farming, the, the products that it, you know, yields. Uh, but biodynamic farming is a whole other level. So, because it can go into cattle. It can go into uh, sheep. It can go into to different areas far besides produce. And it also kind of integrates um, uh, pest management in a new way to where it's more uh, in line with, with Mother Nature. Uh, you know, it even gets into... Um, to, to, I'm going to mess that up, but bees, right? So I was going to say apiary, I think that's right. Okay. Um, so uh, it kind of, it, it just kind of envelops the entire environment to whereas organic farming uh, is more just about not using pesticides and growing it just natural. Yeah. Um, so when you go to the store and you see something says it, that it's organic, what does that mean? Like, does it just mean that um, the grower didn't use pesticides, or is there more to it than that? You know, if you look it up, you know, and, and I'd have to look at the definition to be exact sure, but sometimes organics, I mean, you can use a certain amount of pesticides. Uh, usually organic just means it's, 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 it's very minimal, uh, and it's grown a little bit, um, I guess you could say, closer to nature. Uh, but at the same token, it's, um, 
it's not sometimes can be a little you can you can still have some products in there that that are not 100% natural. So going organic is just more about being natural. Uh, but you know it can be uh, a little bit more. Um, you know biodynamic is just like so. Once again, there's no pesticides being used. You're just you know using the soil. It's really about soil management. Yeah. Because once you grow, once you if you have the right kind of soil, you can grow anything. Yeah. So organic is still good, and I think it's proven that uh, organic produce is actually healthier for you. And part of that reason is because uh, organic produce uh, produces more. Um, nutrients and more enzymes, more all the, the things that go into stuff to help fight off um, the, the things that will attack fruit. And when you grow it conventionally and they use pesticides, the fruit is a little bit weaker So because it doesn't have to fight as hard. So that's one of the reasons that organics is a little, just a little bit healthier for you than, than, than conventional. So how would you, again, compare like biodynamic farming and organic produce to regenerative farming? Would that be considered the same thing as biodynamic, or is there a difference there? Dude, when you talk about regenerative, you know, soil management and mm-hmm. rotating crops, and you, once again, like using, um, you know, let, letting cattle feed organically out in the field instead of putting them in a lot and, and feeding them hay. Mm-hmm. So I think it's more just about managing your environment than it is about anything else, and that's really, I think yeah. that's where the future hopefully lies someday um, because it will, it will affect everything. It will you a better product it will give you a better piece of fruit better piece of meat and then it also will not hurt the environment as much which is is something that we've all heard that that cows i think we talked about this too that cows you know cause cause global warming well i mean you know in a way maybe they do but really if you get into biodynamic farming you know cows do not you know just automatically do that it's just because we're not using them or not maybe sometimes mass producing them and so if you actually use them with nature then in biodynamic farming then you end up with a better, better for the environment and, and a happier cow, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, hopefully that means he tastes better. That may be a little morbid. I don't know, but I mean, at the end of the day, <laughs> we're all going to eat hamburgers and steaks. So, yeah. um, you know, I think it's really, when you get into that kind of stuff, it's just really more about managing farming um, with mother nature. And that's really what it means to me. And one of the things yeah. that excites me about it, cause, I mean, the, 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 one of the, uh, people that we are educating a group I work with it's called green fruit avocados and and they're doing a lot of this on their own right now mm-hmm. and really trying to make it more mainstream and so it's really kind of exciting to see yeah so do we work with a lot of farmers and vendors that practice biodynamic farming or is that still something that's kind of up and coming that people it, need to learn more about that's more up and coming mm-hmm. uh that is that is what i say is is the future i think uh, down the road now we do work with a lot of a lot of grower packer shippers that are really great in their sustainability uh really do great things uh for to extend food food shelf life uh, or product we call it product extenders uh, so we work with a lot of people like that. Now, biodynamics is really something that's just really kind of cutting edge and new. Yeah, that's so funny to me because biodynamic really is probably the way that farming started, and we kind of <laughs> grew away from it, um, and now it's just a fancy term for how farming used to be. It, at one minute, you could also you could compare that to what they call, um, you know, corn 200 years ago was the ugliest little thing you ever saw in your life. <laughs> You wouldn't want to eat it. You wouldn't, couldn't eat it, probably. And then, you know, just over years and years of developing that, you know, it, it turns into something that we see today. Cultivated um, it into something that yeah. is more desirable yeah. by consumers. I, you know, when GMO, GMOs gets a, gets a bad name, but it's almost kind of like the, what you're saying about um, biodynamic farming. It's something that used to happen 
we grew away from it. We're kind of trying to get back to it mm-hmm. uh, because it, it's, it's good for the environment. Now, GMOs, I think, is the same way, and that's genetically modified. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you take items like corn that, you know, there's hardly any non-GMO corn out there today. 150 years ago, corn, or it may be longer now, maybe it's 300 years, but corn looked like something you wouldn't want to eat, you couldn't eat. And after years and years and years of breeding, uh, you know, it comes up to something that we all eat and love today. Yeah. And actually, cabbage, cauliflower, broccoli all came from the same plant. Really? Yeah. So they just, it's over the years, they just, you know, we, we have we have worked with that, you know, and it wasn't called GMOs. It's called just working, you know, just getting the product you wanted. And now yeah. when you take a, a potato uh, that, that we have, we've sold in the past, uh, you know, and, and uh, it, you know, you cut it and it doesn't turn brown. Yeah. You know, we've had apples the same way, and they've been genetically modified, some of them. And, but, you know, they're not bad for you. Mm-hmm. We just increased the, 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 the process, got there faster than, than it took Mother Nature or somebody developing crops or crossbreeding crops forever uh, to get there. So it's, yeah. it's really, you know, GMO, you could, you could kind of compare that with, with biodynamic farming. It's really That's the future, but it's the past. Yeah. So back to the, I kind of want to talk about the global warming thing with the cows, um, because some people might not be aware of that and... Explain why the government is saying that cows are bad for the environment. I mean, it's not my total area uh, because I'm wanting to produce, but from my understanding, I think it's because you know the cows are just walking around on dirt and they're, in, they're you know they're not uh, you were feeding them hay, and so they're not regenerating uh, what they're what they're out there doing. So we're mm-hmm. just kind of we're, we're putting stuff in cows. They're you know excreting it out, <laughs> uh, but with no they're not they're not doing the whole process. So you know if yeah. you've got them in a field. And they're eating what they're out there doing, and, and then now they're fertilizing the field that they're sitting on. That that excrement, I think, goes, you know, back into the soil instead of up into the air. I mean, that's my that's my basic understanding with it. You know, I'm, I'm much more of a cauliflower broccoli kind of guy, but, uh, you know, but I think that's for the, in a nutshell, I believe that's what the, the main um, stigma is, is, you know, that, you know, that's why cows, cows are causing global warming. Well, I mean, really, you know, you know, there's there's cows, there's there's cars, whatever. I mean, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't I'm not gonna go blame the cow. So. Yeah, no, I was just curious because uh, it's my boyfriend. It's all I ever hear about. You <laughs> might ask him. I think I might be right. I, I think I explained that right. I'm not okay. positive. But I think it, I mean I think that's the whole deal. If it doesn't go back in the soil, yeah, then it's just going up in the air, and then it ends up being a big stink of mm-hmm. stuff, which is totally worse than all cars driving around (laughs) (laughs) i mean we had cows driving cars and we'd have a real big problem (laughs) be a huge issue (laughs) so i kind of want to talk about some of the brands that we work with that are working to kind of have a more biodynamic way of farming and a more sustainable way of getting food from farm to table and i know you mentioned gotham greens we work with them and they have uh they do hydroponic gardening do you want to explain that a little bit that is um we have worked with Gotham Greens. We've worked with a uh, with a few um, different growers of this, and it's called CEA, which is Controlled Environmental Environmental Agriculture. Uh, and what is really neat about this is it, it once again we we talked about organics and we talked about biodynamic. This is kind of in between somewhere, and it's a it's a controlled environment. And so the the awesome things about this you you use much less water. Um, it's grown indoors with fluorescent lights and, and you know, a very good, you know, anything from seed all the way to, to being packaged. Okay. All in one building. And you can take a 300,000 square foot facility and turn it into a room that can produce a ton 
a product. Now, yeah. Right now, it's mainly in lettuce, microgreens, stuff like that. But they're working towards uh, strawberries and different products like that. So mm-hmm. it's really kind of neat because you go from a piece of, you know, a seed, uh, and it goes in a pod, and then it grows inside, uh, and then it grows to a piece of lettuce, and it gets, um, you know, it gets to where you can sell it. And usually, it doesn't ever get touched by a human hand. Interesting. It doesn't get, it doesn't get I mean, all the sunlight is indoors, you know, and it's fluorescent, so the energy's not totally horrible. I mean, it, it takes some, but uh, the cool thing about these is, is that you can take them to the source or to, or to where people need food. So mm-hmm. you can put one up in the middle of Northwest Arkansas. You could put one in the in the middle of Dallas. There's several, um, you know, on the East Coast. I've been to one in Atlanta. Oh wow! Uh, sits right next to a Kroger distribution center. <laughs> so really, I mean, it goes from here to here. Now, what that does is less emissions because you're not having to truck it from the West Coast. Yeah. Uh, the other cool thing is, is that it, you know, I mean, the lack of water on the West Coast. It's not getting any better. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it's it's had a bad drought a few years back, got a little better, back in a drought now. Uh, although I think they're getting rain this week, but um, you know, the, at the end of the day, um, the amount of food that we're going to have to produce to feed everybody, we're not going to have enough water to do it. Mm-hmm. So if you can take the farm to the source, you end up feeding people, and you can go into food deserts where there's not enough food, and you can be yeah. able to feed you know tons of people. So. Food deserts, can you define that for anybody that might not know exactly what that means? Well, that is just a, a place where there aren't any real places to buy food. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, sometimes those can be in inner cities. Uh, sometimes those can be, I know in in like northeast Arkansas, southeast Arkansas, there's places where there's just not a good place to go buy the groceries. Just in smaller towns and smaller towns and, and places where it's just not enough population and, mm-hmm. and you know, nobody will go in there to, to set up a grocery store because there's no real they, they can't make can't make a living doing it. It'd be hard to make it profitable in that location. Exactly. And, yeah. Exactly. So I mean, the the more we can get into that, and we've we've talked a lot with uh, Congressman Crawford uh, does a lot with that uh, in Washington trying to help with food deserts. Mm-hmm. So it's been uh, you know that's it's a it's a big deal. And I mean, you think we're in America and everybody's got plenty to eat. And yeah. It's just not there sometimes. Yeah. Um, so what do people in food deserts do when, I mean, I know Harps works really hard to try and place store locations in those food deserts to try and reach those people. But what what do those people do when they don't have a store? Like, what does that look like? Well, in my opinion, uh, that's where you get a lot of Oh, I mean, I guess you could say diabetes, overweight, stuff like that, because they end up uh, going to Dollar General uh, and buying soda and chips or mm-hmm. going to, or maybe not Dollar General, I'm not giving them a bad name, but a convenience store. Well, I mean, Dollar General is on the freaking moon, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they, they've got those everywhere. If you but. clap three times in Arkansas, one will show up across the street. So, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, but I, I think what happens, what, I've, what I think I see, because I, we've worked with the Double Up Food Bucks, which is something else that we do. Um, and that provides locally grown produce at half price to people on SNAP. So I told you I was going down a rabbit hole. But mm-hmm. uh, but if you don't have a place to go buy groceries and you have SNAP dollars, yeah. you're probably going to go spend them at a convenience store. Mm-hmm. And it's a proven fact that if somebody starts their shopping trip off with fresh produce, then they buy chicken and they buy milk and they buy healthy things. Mm-hmm. But if they start their shopping trip off with Cheetos and Mountain Dew, they end up buying more 
unhealthy things, and then you know they're, they're, at the end of the day they, they become unhealthy. So yeah. food deserts are, are really uh, something that is kind of I don't think people know a lot about, but mm-hmm. it, uh, but they are out there for sure. Yeah, I do also want to talk about appeal. Oh, so. We talked earlier a little about food waste. So what is Harps doing to try and eliminate food waste, and how are we working with different brands to make that happen? Oh. I know that's a big question. So, well, there's a lot there. Yeah. Uh, as they said, and I've never <laughs> I got to say this on, there's a lot there to unpack, right? Yeah. I can say that? I can say that on air, <laughs> yeah. right? So, um, well, let's start with appeal, because that's one of my favorite uh, subjects, and I think something that's making a big impact in the industry um, and you're right, it kind of does go to food waste. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that, you know, I guess we need to explain what appeal is. Yeah. And so appeal is a process to where they extract chutin out of fruit. What every, is that? Chutin is, the pe- is, is, is in the peel of every piece of fruit or vegetable. Okay. It's called chutin. And so what appeal does is, I mean, that, that chutin is, in the, is, is around like just take an orange, and it's got chutin in the peel. Mm-hmm. And that chutin is what keeps it, from going bad. It's what keeps it, protects it from the environment. And so what Appeal has done is figured out how to take that cutin out of certain rinds. So like a, a, a winery or a tomato paste shop, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll use the, uh, the cutin from those skins, just extract it, turn it into a powder, then mix it with water, and then as stuff comes through the packing line, they'll spray this cutin-based product on it. So oh, it's all, wow. so it's one hundred percent natural. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's nothing, there's no, there's no, there's no chemicals to it. So, and, and hence that's why it's called appeal because it's just another layer <laughs> of peel. Yeah, it's what it but is. But it's a plant based, and so it's yeah. not just some plastic coating that you're putting on the produce. You're Correct. you're putting plants on plants to yeah. kind yeah. of make them last longer. So it's, I mean, it's it's an amazing product, and it works. Um, we, we, we were one of the first ones to do it, uh, in the United States and, um, we saw a 50% reduction in our avocado shrink mm-hmm. and a 10% sales increase. So we, wow. we, we threw away half as much, sold 10% more. That's amazing. It was good for us, right? You know I mean? Yeah. Obviously, you know I mean? That's what we do is we sell food and we gotta, we have to make, you know, we have to make money when you're selling food. But what it also does, it didn't put, uh, you know, those 50% of avocados were probably going in the landfill. Yeah. At some point. So, um, you know, it's really good, and it's good for the consumer, too, because when you take an avocado home now, yeah, it doesn't go bad in, you know, three days. You yeah. Know, you, get, you get a couple extra days, and if you get a couple extra days, the likelihood, the more, the more the likelihood that you'll that you'll get to consume it. So Yeah. So. Um, well, and I, I actually listened to a, an interview with the CEO of Appeal mm-hmm. prior to this just to kind of get an idea of what they're about, and... I can't remember the guy's name, but the CEO basically said the thing with avocados is they're not now, not now, not now, now. And then you miss it, and then you have brown avocados. And so um, he was kind of trying to find a way to – and they do this with multiple, I mean, forms of produce. But I think we just apply it to our, our avocados, right? So it's James that you were talking James. to. James, yeah, yeah, And I know James very well. Oh, cool. Uh, in fact, in the, in the months leading up to when we decided to do this, I used to, I had an hour drive home, and I would – about three days a week, I talked to James the entire hour trying to figure out if we wanted to do this because <laughs> it was kind of scary. Yeah. Um, they do do it with uh, hothouse cucumbers, pineapple, uh, clementine oranges. Uh, oh, so cool. we use it, and we've done organic apples with them too. Um, the big ones that, that I have encouraged them to try, and I know they're working on it, it's like strawberries. Yeah. Because uh, that's a really big 
powerful item in the produce department, and the United States grows a ton of them. You know, mm-hmm. California, Florida, you know, Mexico, everybody, you know, strawberries are awesome. So if they can get into bigger crops, yeah, I think there's a bigger impact to be made. The, the, the thing also that is really cool about appeal uh, is that when you go back to food deserts, now there are food deserts in the United States. Mm-hmm. There are huge food deserts in other parts of the world. You take Africa and some places. Um, and so, you know, they don't have refrigeration in places. Yeah. They don't have the cooling facilities. They don't have all this stuff. So if you can make stuff last longer in those countries, so you take a, uh, a peel, you know, product and a peel applying machine to somewhere in uh, Africa, and then you apply the stuff that they grow right there, mm-hmm. and it lasts a few more days, and now you can feed maybe 40% more people. Yeah. So that's, that's a huge deal. You know, when it gets, I mean, it gets past the, just the, hey, you know, my, our avocados are fresher because we use a peel. Yeah. Now you're talking about actually making a difference in, you know, in, in the global world and people not starving mm-hmm. to death. Huge, yeah. You mentioned to me there's a, a, it was a statistic, how much food waste occurs in the U.S. every year. 40% of everything that is grown goes in the trash. I th- that's, that's, that's what That's what, you, if you Google it, that's what it'll say. I think it's higher. Yeah. Because I think, I mean, everybody's seen the meme, right? You have to buy your, your bag of salad once a week so you can throw it away at the end of the week. Right? Yeah, you know, I do. Like I almost forgot I'm to guilty. buy my bag of spinach to throw away at the end of the week. So, yeah. you know, you know that kind of stuff happens. So, mm-hmm. you know, any kind of process that we can do to lessen that, I think it's not not only something I want to do, it's also responsibility mm-hmm. uh, to, to not fill up our landfills and to, and to make sure that people are eating good food. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of, it's one of my passions of my job. Yeah. Well, and just to be more conscious of how much are you actually eating that you buy at the grocery store? Like, and the stuff that you do buy, you you want to be able to have some time with them. Because it's hard for me as a college student, I'll say it's hard for me to buy fresh produce. Because if I don't use it within a few days, it's gone. Yep. And I end up throwing away so much food. And shameless plug, I will say, I did buy Harps avocados a couple of days ago, as opposed to like some other grocery stores, those avocados have lasted me like eight or nine days now, and they're still like great. I mean, they haven't even started to to over-ripen or anything. So. Well, I mean, it's a big deal. And I mean, great I th- for me. I, I think James actually may have stolen my line about the avocado because I, I think we taught him Oh, that. did he? <laughs> I think he did. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's like because, I mean, it's like, you know, avocados, he's right. And we've said this up for a million years in the industry. It's avocados yep. are not ripe, not ripe, not ripe, not ripe, throw it away. Yep. Because you get, you literally get sometimes you feel like you got like four hours, you know. And now that we're yeah. using a peel, though, uh, you get sometimes like a two or three day window of having that perfect avocado mm-hmm. uh, instead of having seen a one that's uh, too green or too ripe. And I, I was visiting with the peel uh, just here uh, back at the uh, International Fresh Produce Association uh, back in October, and they have a machine, and they're still working it out, but a machine that you can actually hopefully in the future be able to take your avocado, put it on this machine in the store, mm-hmm. and it will tell you how ripe it is and how many days it has left. What? Just wild, crazy stuff. Uh-uh. But it was, yeah, it was really cool. That's crazy. <laughs> Hold on. Explain to me how that would work. I think it takes pressure because it puts it in a little deal. Now they're, they're still working on the – this was a prototype, obviously, so it wasn't ready yeah. for, for to be in a grocery store. But it, I mean, it, you just put it in this little cradle, mm-hmm. and it moves around, this, that, and the other, and then it would say, like, it would give you what stage it was. Yeah, so so it would be the equivalent of me picking up an avocado and feeling it and being like, nope, and then... Well, you know, know, because sometimes people think they're wrong. Yeah. Right? You know, because you're like, okay, well, it's like picking a watermelon. Oh, I got the right one, and you get home, it's like, damn. 
I did it. <laughs> oh, so yeah, but they, I mean, they've got crazy technology. The other one, I mean, the other one, if you want to keep going on this one, is called Nabico. Okay. So this is one that is really new, and, and we're not using it yet. Um, it, it's all natural. This is why I say it's all natural. It is the substance that is on the inside of a bag of chips. Okay. So, crazy story, the guy that, and I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head. I've been talking to him on and off for about six months now, but he is basically just an engineer. He went back to teaching school, ended up with some grad students and, and trying to teach them how to start companies, and this guy came to him and said, hey, I want to um, I, I want to make fruit last longer. And so, they got to working on it, and they somehow ended up in this bag of the stuff that comes in a bag of chips. Mm-hmm. And so, there's a, there's a liner in bags of chips that... Um, Keeps it fresh, so okay. longer, and so that's they say that's it's in there, and that's why they can't make chip bags clear or something. I don't know. Clear? Yeah. So because okay. I think this guy, this whoever was ended up trying to help start this company, wanted that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to make chip bags clear so mm-hmm. you could see. So you can see how full it is to see if you're getting gypped. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So they came up with this stuff, and it's it's uh, you know it's called Nabico. It's natural. Nature Fresh, it's Nabico, and the product is Nature Fresh. Okay. So it's it, and it's all you know, it's, it's it's all good for you. It's been USDA approved and this that and the other, but they have a, they have figured out a way to apply that to fruit through a spray, very similar to a peel. Mm-hmm. So it's not cutin. There's some other products in it, and I can't think all their names right now, but it's it, but it has been USDA approved, been organically approved. Oh wow. Um, now we haven't used it yet. Still wanting to to learn just a little bit more about it, but. Mm-hmm. It has better applications or more, more uses. It's got, uh, you know, you could use it in the field. You can use it in the packing shed, or you could even use it uh, in the back room at the grocery store. Oh, So wow. you could literally take a spray bottle and do it. Now, obviously, that's probably not going to be where it goes, but mm-hmm. if you can use it on strawberries, yeah, then or you could use it on cherries, or you can use it on grapes, which are like three of the biggest things that we everybody sells. I mean, you could reduce food waste by a ton. Yeah. So, and there's also, there's a ton of other technologies out there. There's, there's hazel technologies. And that is something that is kind of like a little packet, you know, when you buy a pair of shoes, little mm-hmm. packets in there, it says keep fresh, but don't let your children or your dogs eat it. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? Yeah. So same thing. They, they, they have these for fruit and vegetables. Okay. And so the, the idea is you throw them in the case and then it keeps them fresher longer. Mm-hmm. So I think there's still some work to be done on that one. I think it does work. But we don't store a lot of produce like we used to. Uh, years ago, they would, you know, you would store grapes for months. You would, you would, you know, California would, would harvest grapes and they would they would put them in cold storage. You know, oh. so they don't do that as much anymore. But you know, apples and potatoes. You know, apples once they get done with the apple crop, we call them birthday apples because the apples that you're eating in August <laughs> are about a year old because oh. they, you know, because they put them in cold storage room. Wow. So if you throw some of these packets in those cases or in those rooms, it might be able to lessen food waste in that area too. Yeah. So I do have a question about appeal, not to backtrack, no. but so are we only using appeal on our avocados right now? Because I know that they have different, it's a different formula for every different kind of produce to my understanding, right? It may be adjusted a little bit. I'm sure there's okay. probably less because I know that citrus is a little bit different than avocados. I think and I, I think it's the yeah. same. It's the same product, obviously. It's just the uh, amount. I think is right. what it is. Is what it is. So I mean, we were using it on limes. Um, you know what we what we found out is that we didn't really see the value there. Okay. Uh, just because we sell so many limes. I mean, it's it's, yeah. a, it's crazy. So you know, we turn them so fast. Uh, so, but we have used them on organic apples, uh, and we have used them on. 
uh, hothouse cucumbers. Once again, that's just the opposite. We don't sell a lot of hothouse cucumbers. It mm-hmm. makes sense to use it there, just yeah. not enough velocity here. So. so do they have a version available for strawberries? Because I did see a video where basically what they're doing is they're taking the the formula, the plant-based coating, and putting it on the strawberries so that, like a lemon, you'll let it sit out on your counter for, I don't know, however long, a week or two, and it's still pretty much good for the most part. And so they want to take that same concept and apply it to the strawberries. So I think in the video, and I don't think I've seen it too, I think they, what they did there is they applied the, the, the process to the strawberries once they were picked. Okay. So one of the reasons that we can't really do it, but they haven't figured out quite how to do it yet, and they are working on it. Um, I know they're working on strawberries for sure, mm-hmm. is that strawberries and grapes are packed, picked and packed in the field. Mm-hmm. They don't go through a packing shed where there's a place to apply people oh. to. Them. Okay. So the strawberries that you get in, in, the, in the grocery store in the little, little one-pound package and the grapes that you get in the package, mm-hmm. those are picked and packed in the field. Oh, wow. So definitely wash that stuff off. But wash I mean, them. They do a lot of good stuff out there. There's no really, you know, I, I would eat one just right out of the bag at the grocery store. Just did it the other day. Yeah. Um, but so that's the problem. If you spray a peel on the plant, it doesn't, you know, you're putting an extra layer on that plant, which would, you know, one thing that a peel does is it, it restricts oxygen from mm-hmm. getting in. So if you do it to a plant, it dies. Oh. Good for the strawberry, sense. bad for the plant. Yeah. So that's why that there is a there is a little bit of a, um, you know, trying to get to the point to where you can you can use it with strawberries because strawberries and grapes don't go through packing sheds. Yeah. So cherries is I think actually a real possibility in the in the coming year too though. So, uh, but the one I you know one we're we're looking at right now is a is a company that helps with the produce managers being able to order more accurately. And there's some artificial intelligence in there, some predictive stuff uh, based on what customers are buying. And, you know, and, and, and the produce manager actually gets to be involved. But right now, and this happens in every grocery store, I think there's there may be some places that have uh, uh, auto replenishment. So if you sell a case of uh, broccoli, you automatically get one. But that can be unpredictive. And if you get a snow scare, it messes it up. Or if, you know, somebody just doesn't come to the grocery store for a few days, it messes it up too. So... This process will just helps the produce manager make more accurate orders. Okay. So once again, that's a, just another, you know, the grocery store is another step in the supply chain. Mm-hmm. So you can have a lot of shrink at a grocery store or an approach department. So you could throw away five percent of everything that you buy. Yeah, that's a huge amount. You know, that's that's a lot. That's a that's a lot more than you know throwing away a bag of salad out of your refrigerator, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. it could be cases of stuff. So the more we can do to help educate our managers and help them make better decisions. Uh, on ordering, I think is a huge deal, and it yeah. helps. It helps, you know, the, in a big way the landfill, and and produce managers are great. You know, we've got 143, I think, the best in the in the uh, in the, in the country, and that's not that's a, that's a true plug. That's yeah. not shameless. I believe that. <laughs> so, uh, but at the end of the day, it is a crapshoot sometimes. I mean, you're mm-hmm. it's your it's your best guess. Yeah. You know, and I've, we've got some great ones that have been around for a while and do a great job at it, and their shrink is two percent. Yeah. But you also have sometimes you have people been doing it for six months and they order something and you're like, oh, yeah, we'll never sell that. Yeah. (laughs) What are you doing? So, but, um, but so if you have tools like that, then you can end up decreasing food waste uh, and also decreasing shrink, which allows us to lower prices. And so it's, it's very, it's just 
all everything is kind of related in that fact. But it's a it's a really cool deal, and I think that's something that's coming everywhere in the industry. Yeah. So what uh, company is that? Um, I, I mean, it's somebody we're working with. I don't want to mention right now. Okay. Uh, yeah. But uh, there's there's a couple of them out there. I think the one that we're looking at, I think, is uh, got some great stuff, uh, and hopefully, we'll be doing uh, some work with them pretty soon. I kind of want to talk about food loops. I feel like that has a lot to do with food waste and how Harps is working to combat that. They're, they're really great people. Um, uh, and they're local. Uh, Richard M's, uh, good good guy. Uh, and so, I, I I can talk about it on a personal level. Uh, they they have uh, they have food loops, and there's there's two names there. There's two different companies, but they're the same thing. Uh, but they have a residential program. Okay. And so you can compost at home and drop it off. And so they have drop-off sites around Northwest Arkansas. And so what you do is they, they supply you with uh, uh, recyclable bags, all natural bags, and they're plastic. And then they used to do the buckets. I still have my buckets. Mm-hmm. And so you have a bucket, and you put these bags in it, and then you take your food waste and put it in there. And then once a week, so what I do is I run it up to a drop-off spot, mm-hmm. dump it in one of their deals, get a few more bags, which they provide for free. Yeah. Uh, and I would tell you, by doing this, over the last few years and recycling responsibly um, at my house. And it's just me and my wife, but we are down sometimes to one bag of trash a week. Oh, wow. Uh, and, on, you know, even even when we entertain, it's two bags a week, you know, and that's nothing compared to, you know, what might be, you know, five or six or ten from some places. So, yeah. you know, that has helped us a lot. Now, my wife is not a big fan of it every day, but, you know, <laughs> I've trained her, and so she's gotten good at Wait, it. So. so how exactly does it work like walk me through the whole process so you just sign up and there is a fee it's like five dollars a month or something like that um so you sign up at probably foodloops.net.com something like that uh so they give you they probably still give you the bucket and they give you the bags Mm -hmm. and then you just take and fill up your bucket with food waste okay so instead of putting you know if you eat kentucky fried chicken you know you (laughs) put it all in the uh in the food waste bucket because they'll take everything except for raw meat Mm-hmm. Bread, produce, cooked meat, um, just anything you can think of. Yeah. You put it in there. It comes with a lid. So you put the lid on there, right? And then okay. so when it gets full, you take it to a drop off point in uh, there's, there's Fayetteville, Bentonville, Springdale, Rogers. Okay. There's actually one at Harps over on uh, Jones Road out in Tytown. Oh, cool. Which okay. is really convenient right by my house. I don't know how that happened. Yeah. They have one there. So, yeah. So you dump off your food waste and they have uh, uh, the bags that they provide you for free yeah that would be really convenient my roommates and I probably go through eight bags of trash a week which I know is crazy but we have people in now it's kind of a revolving door <laughs> at our place so so they also but they also I mean they get I mean, that's just their that's a residential thing uh which is really well I think a good way to help the uh environment or the, or the landfill but the you know they I think they operate like in 17 of our stores right now mm-hmm. 15 or 17 where they do the same process with our with our produce waste, so when we have something, you know, when I talk about one of those produce majors that orders too much, we mm-hmm. don't just take it and throw it in the trash. We put it in these same same barrels, and they pick them up uh, once twice a week at the stores. Yeah. So and then they take that, they take that and they compost it, or they make compost out of it, and then they sell the bags. Oh of wow. Compost. And so it all just one hundred percent just goes right back, instead of going to the landfill, it's going to somebody's front yard. It's going to a garden. It's going someplace useful instead of, um, you know, just going to the landfill. Yeah. Which sounds a lot weird, kind of like almost like biodynamic farming. 
Yeah. <laughs> it all comes together. Full circle. Full right? circle. Um, so if somebody wanted to buy some of this compost, how would they get a hold of it? I'm working on trying to get it into hearts. Oh, wow. Uh, that would so, be cool. Um, you know, it's not my department, but it's I am. So I've been talking to, to our vice president of uh, general merchandise, and, and I'm sure we'll get something done someday. Um, yeah. I think right now you can, you can get it online, uh, and I know you can get it at the University of Arkansas. Oh, cool. Uh, in fact, the University of Arkansas gets a bunch of it at their agriculture department and uses it for their farming out there. I'm about 100% positive, so I hope I didn't misspeak there. But I'm pretty, <laughs> I know the last time I was out there uh, at, the, at the U of A, agricultural place they had a big yeah a big pile of it and they said it came from food loops and i was really excited because i was yeah. like it's like it's stuff i threw away and i don't know if that should excite me but it really did <laughs> I, I threw away that trash <laughs> exactly so being helpful well i will ask my boyfriend because he's an ag science major and if that is false i'm coming back come back and, and see me but I, th- <laughs> I think you can buy it and hopefully you can buy it at heart for me well it's been it's been a pleasure today here gracie and uh uh, very happy to be on the inaugural Harps podcast, and and uh, hope we hope hope we gave you a lot of great information on produce and and farming and, and some of the stuff that we're trying to do to help uh, food waste in our environment. Thank you for tuning in, and and come join us for the rest of the episodes coming up.